welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast, the show where we take a look at the ag tech and food innovations changing the future of farming. Hello and welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast. I'm your host, Steve Honor. This week, we bring you an interview with Ian Cathels, the manager of Adrosan Orchards. The Adrosan brand has been a hallmark of Batlow apples way back when Ian's father, David, purchased his first orchard in 1956. Today, they have expanded operations to four large orchards nestled within the Batlow and Tumut area, along with a distribution and packing business under their umbrella company, the NNA Group. Two years ago, Batlow was devastated by one of Australia's worst bushfire seasons on record. Driving to Ian's Orchard, you could still see some of the scars left by the fires on the surrounding landscapes. Ian and his family managed to save the orchard from complete destruction, but still suffered considerable damage to their orchard. Thankfully, this year has brought a better season with favourable conditions for growing their famous apples. Despite the setback of the fires, Ian and the team have an eye for the future in growing their business and finding ways to improve their business operations through technology. I caught up with Ian at their Woodburn Orchard in the middle of their fruit picking season. We spoke about the season, challenges within adopting new technology and learned about a new app he's using called Phytech that's helping him make better decisions around irrigation and ensuring he's staying on track to hitting his targets around his fruit. Hi, Ian. Thanks for joining me on the Evoke Ag podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. And I want to know what makes the climate around here so unique in producing the best apples in Australia, if not the world? Batlow is known for its apple growing, but the main reasons that attribute to that are because it's altitude. We're basically where we are on this farm. We're about 750 metres above sea level, and our highest block is probably um, 1,000 metres above sea level. So in having that elevation, we don't have, say, like the heat that maybe Tumut has just down the valley, which is around the 400 metres, and it, it just allows... The temperature change between the night and the day, you might get a nice dewy morning. So this time of year where we're getting up to 23, we might get below 10 at night with a dewy you know, dewy morning and that helps bring colour into the fruit. So it's a what we call a, a cool climate. How's the season shaping up for you at the moment? Uh, this season has been extremely friendly to us. The, the weather has been our biggest uh, beneficiary with, with that and it's it's mainly due to we haven't had this, we've had one minor sort of heat event for the whole season where previous seasons, the whole of January and half of February would have been very extremely hot sort of thing and we've had good consistent rain throughout the whole growing season so it's been, you know, very kind on the fruit. Can you give our listeners a little background around the NNA group and where it started and, you know, what the operation is that you're running now? Yeah, so um, it started back in the 50s. My father actually started the old hay markets in Sydney selling produce for growers. 
then he started to develop some relationships with growers in the Batlow region. And actually, we before when before Dad brought his first orchard, we was he was tossing the coin between avocados and apples. <laughs> so avocados at that time were having a disease problem, so it ended up we started growing apples. So that was sort of in the early sixties, and ever since then we've been sort of expanding the business and um, and trying to develop it further in both ends in the in the growing and the and the um, marketing. And and at this stage, my brother and myself are leading the business, and now we both have our sons, and um, and even my brother has his daughter involved in uh, sort of maybe taking it on to the next generation. Oh, that's great! It's always good to hear the continuation of family farms, and I mean that's got to be sort of proud uh, moment to be able to see that continue on. Oh yeah, it's it's you know it's um it's yeah very proud and where it's going, and but. You know, it's a it's a it's a large business. There's a lot of people involved in it, and it's so it's not just the family who is driving it. There's some good people working in the you know, family business as well. Yeah, of course. And over the years, uh, you must have seen some big shifts in the industry. Um, what are some that come to mind uh, from when you first, I suppose, got involved? Oh, there's been changes in the the tree structures. the The amount of trees per hectare. We, when I first started, it was probably around five hundred trees to hectare, and some of our blocks now have um, over four thousand trees to the hectare. The size of the tree now you have to be developing an orchard where it's very labour friendly, and also you and in with the thoughts that mightn't be far that more machinery is going to be used in in the way we harvest or prune or whatever so mechanical uh, practices coming in and you, you got to um, then the technology in the in your fertilizer use your irrigation use your pest monitoring you know it's all you know developed a, an awful lot in say my 40 years. I can imagine. Um, what have been some of the biggest technological developments over the years that you've seen um, that's had a positive and big impact on your business? Uh, well, say if I use the most recent one we've uh, brought into the, the farming business is, uh, is irrigation uh, monitoring and uh, a company called Firetech, which have developed the technology and we've uh, it, we've used their services this year, and it's the first time as a you know horticulturist that I've ever felt I can understand what we're doing with our irrigation in the practice of growing fruit. Yeah, and can you tell our listeners how it works? Um, we were having a look behind the scenes there, and and it, it it seems to give you a whole range of data. Could you go through some of that? Well, first of all, you. Um, you may choose, say, blocks in your orchard to which ones you want to monitor, and they might be, say, a whole variety or just an irrigation block. They then select three trees, which is, say, the average of the block. They then put their monitors on these trees so that the monitor is actually measuring the tree trunk by the micromillimeter, and what it does is, as a tree is growing and feeling flush, it's expanding, and as it's under stress, it is shrinking. So instead of, say, uh, 
monitoring the soil moisture, we're monitoring the stress on the tree, and then we have the additional information of we are checking the size of the fruit, yep. so uh, monitoring the size. So you, each day you can see the tree expanding and contracting, and the same with the fruit. So then if you bring in the irrigation monitoring, so you can see when you put an irrigation shift on and to how it affects that uh, tree for the day. So you might adjust it to uh, that if it's hasn't if it hasn't changed the graph in the direction you want, you might increase the watering. If it's changed it by too much, you might say, well, I've overwatered, so tomorrow I'll use less. Or you might have a rain event which is sort of showing, well, I don't need to irrigate at all. Or you might have an upcoming heat event coming which might say, well, in the three days before this, I'm going to increase my irrigation so it's less stress on the tree and the fruit going through that period. I can imagine before perhaps this technology, I mean, was it a bit of guesswork to really work out where the irrigation and when to turn it on and how long for? A uh, huge guesswork. And, and, um, and that's when you bring this sort of technology in, you're sort of looking back thinking how stupid it was in the past sort of thing. You were more, you know, sort of, oh, well, I'll put two, three hours of water on that block and, um, <laughs> and then I'll get around the the other block sort of thing, I might be back there in a couple of days' time to give it another hit. You never knew whether it was enough or too much, where now you know exactly what you're putting on, is it enough or too much. And also um, we've brought into that's fine to be monitoring, but we've automated a lot of our blocks. So as I was explaining, um, my staff only like to work about eight hours for me in the day when I've got a 24-hour day period. And so it's very hard to utilise the 24-hour periods in eight hours. So, But now I'm able to set set up the irrigation so the shifts can turn on any time during the day or night and I can just give 20 minutes, I can give two hours or whatever, to whatever the, the fire tech, uh, technology is telling me I need. But also, instead of giving one shift every three days, I can now break it up into three or four shifts, small shifts in a day, so then the tree is never under stress. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'd imagine the fact that it is automated, that's got to make a big difference because I know, um, certainly on my farm, if I I go to um, turn a tap on, um, good intention to maybe come back two hours later, but get held up and all of a sudden it's been going for six hours or, you know, like that's got to be a, um, got to be an efficient use as well, right? Oh, it is. When, when technology is working well, it, to be able to come in and set up a full day's program in, you know, less than five minutes and then go off and do whether it be involved in harvest or whatever it is for the rest of the day and know that is working all, you know, well for you is hugely beneficial and it's, um, it's been a great learning curve this year. We still do have someone who's just, you know, monitoring and making sure it is working. There still is, you know, whether a solenoid doesn't turn on or, or whatever. You, 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 there is the manual checks you do need to do, but there's way less labour content involved in it in the end of the day. And 
in terms of there was another reading that um, the Fitech app gives you in terms of the target fruit size. Um, can you talk to a little bit about that, how that helps you as well and why it is important, I guess, making sure that you're on track with uh, the fruit size? Well, at the end of the season, there's this, an optimum, you know, sort of best size fruit that you really want to achieve. And what we can do at blossom time when we say we're at full bloom and then we put in a potential harvest date and, the, say, the millimetre size that we'd like the fruit to be at, we can set a, a line on the graph to show how the fruit is responding to it throughout the whole season. And what this does, does is just gives you a simple way of seeing how the fruit is reacting, you know, and so things that can change and how the fruit grows is you overcrop the trees, there's too much heat, uh, not enough irrigation, or your fertiliser, you know, program isn't up to standard, or, the, you know, the, you are just checking whether the tree is under stress. And if you can just, you know, easily have a visual look and see each day how you're going, it's just a great way of tracking the growth of your fruit. Absolutely. And you mentioned before offline that uh, there's some other apps that are helping you make decisions in terms of limiting chemical use, uh, you know, in, in response to, say, insect pressures and fungus events. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how maybe you're trying to transition a little away from chemical use? Yep. So in what we, we have an advisor on the farm, Marcel Veens, that travels really all around Australia giving horticultural advice to a lot of apple growers. And he has helped us uh, develop this um, – well, we haven't – sorry, we haven't developed it. We are using it, implemented it at the program called RIMPRO. And what it allows us to do is to have – it will monitor, we have weather stations on each farm which is monitoring the weather and how much rainfall – using the, uh, I think, Bureau of Meteorology weather predictions. So it can, for us, one of the major fungal diseases on apple orchards is called black spot or apple scab. And so it will tell you whether the upcoming rain is going to be like a big event or a small event. So you can sort of adjust your spray program around that. And sometimes the spray you have put on will cover you through that event so you don't have to go back in with another one after it. Or it might say, you know, that one didn't, it was too big an event of rain, so you actually might have to put a kickback spray on to get the protectant. But the main thing is there, you're not just running off of what my best practice is, you are, you are getting actually scientific evidence to what you should be doing. And the same in the insect control. One of our major diseases in apple orchard is codling moth, and it's it has the codling moth have about two or three flights per season. You can see when those flights are happening, and you can sort of react to with what sort of whether you're using pheromones or whether you're using sprays or whichever way you're going about it. So you know, and there's different technologies in the sprays to which ones you should putting on the time, but it just helps overall in the orchard management to have all those sort of inputs of, they say, the new technology to grow a better apple. Absolutely. It's fantastic that, you know, all this information is becoming available and that you can sort of interpret it and make better decisions. Yes, you know, it's, it's a huge improvement. There's been a bit of talk of late about barriers for farmers adopting technology and using on their on their farm 
What, in your opinion, are some of the barriers uh, for farmers adopting new technologies? Uh, number one would be cost. Uh, number two would be understanding the benefits of of those what that new technology is, and it also you know sometimes you know we we are guilty of it at, on our own farm. You you might race into some new technology and then find that there might be some huge benefits, but there might be some huge things that happen the other way. You know, so it's it's sort of. Um, Sometimes it's great to be the first one in, but sometimes it can be pretty smart to sit back and just see how it, how it goes before you make too many mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And um, is there? Do you have a, a situation where you might? I know, like around where we are, um, you know, some farmers decide to resource share and things like that. Do you have uh, any situations there where it might be better to trial a technology with maybe a a nearby farm or orchard or, or whatnot? Uh, more, if I say use what our family business has just done recently is um, say we're sitting in here in what we used to be our apple packing shed, which you, when you look out the windows here is doing nothing at the moment. Yeah. Well, that was a new machine 20 years ago. The new technology to put into these graders for our benefit on this farm, it's not enough throughput. So yeah. we're, say, joined with another grower in another district where he's he's put the new grader in. There's you no know, more volume of throughput. It's more efficient. It was just sort of like silly for us to both build a new packing shed yeah. when we both won't get the, you know, sort of the, the benefit out of it. And, and, you know, that's where I see things are changing. A lot of the... Um, New technology that has come onto the farm might be, you know, through relationships we have other growers around Australia and, you know, just discussions that they've seen something overseas, they might be the importer of it now. Say, if I use, for example, um, one of the new machines we've got using out in the orchard is is a a leaf blower. So... It is through our relationship with uh, Plunkett's in in uh, Shepparton that we now they've bring these machinery in, and this the benefit for us is where we used to go out and pluck leaves off by hand to get better colour on the fruit. Now we've got a you know machine we can put on a tractor, and it, it's this pulsating air on the tree and blowing leaves off for us, so we get better colour. So it just you know there's technology in that way, and and that's you know, through just growers working together to both achieve the same result and a better fruit. And it's fantastic that you can get an outcome where you can maybe just, yeah, share that resources and not have to take the whole cost on, on yourself. Yep. Yeah. With a with an eye to the future, do you see opportunities for your business where there may be room for future technologies? Like is there, I guess, a better way of putting it? What problems are you having now that technology might solve in the future? Uh, well, the, so okay. Currently, we're in the middle of our apple harvest, and and so a lot of our labour used to be uh, basically backpackers from overseas. Yep. So now we've no one coming in from overseas, and a lot of the backpackers gone back home. It's you know it's putting more pressure on. There's not the availability of the labour force out there. You know, I can so. 
where I can see in the future is, say, like where we're developing our orchards, that one day there might be more mechanical harvesting going on or whether it's like what we've implemented on our own farm this year is picking platforms. So instead of a person um, using a, a ladder and a picking bag to pick fruit and trudging up and down the ladder all day and emptying the fruit with, into the, the apple bin, now this machine, if the ground slope is, is, is right, it will just travel along itself. The, pe- the person is standing on a platform. They are just uh, picking the fruit off the tree, putting it on the conveyor belt, and into the bin it goes. So it's a lot uh, less physical work for them, but it also widens the door for people to work in the orchard. Wow. And I guess finally, you know, looking to the future, what are your aspirations for the NNA group in, say, 10 years' time? Oh, <laughs> I wish I knew that answer. <laughs> um, it's – look, it's hard. It, it's it's um, Our aspirations are to improve yields, improve quality. Um, there's lots of new varieties out there that we'll be trialling and testing – um, you know, technology, there's developments all the time. You know, it's just evolving each year. Each year there's a new problem. Each year, you know, there's a lot of answers. And for us, the greatest thing, which is, you know, so evident in a year like this, is um, weather's got to be on your side to be a good farmer as well. Yeah, that's right. It certainly helps if you're getting the rainfall, right? Yes, very much, <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, Ian, thanks for your time. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Evoke Ag podcast, which is proudly brought to you by AgriFutures. For further information, head to our website, evokeag.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great day.